Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Uh, don't forget, if you are interested in hanging out with us online, go to dlive.tv slash Casey the host. That's dlive.tv slash Casey the host and we are live right now uh, you get to hang out with other listeners you can also uh, see a little bit of what I see on my screen as well so let's just talk about the weather shall we <laughs> I you know I hopped on I hopped on to the live stream here a few minutes ago and somebody's like hey I think it snowed last night yeah exactly my uncle is in Seattle. Uh, I've got several uncles in Seattle, but um, one of them is in Seattle. They had like three inches, and he's like, I think it was like a foot of snow, and it's it was like three inches. And <laughs> it's like, how cute. They think that that's a lot of snow. Um, and then, of course, last night, you know, we all got hit pretty pretty hard. I canceled. I had the, the wherewithal to cancel some of my early morning appointments today just because I wasn't sure what the roads are going to be like. And I had, had a feeling that the plow was going to lock me in. And that's exactly what happened. And I didn't want to get up an extra hour early and dig my vehicle out of the snow. Uh, so I just didn't want to deal with that. Um, now, this is all part of the polar vortex. For those of you who don't know, uh, Texas has gotten hit and a bunch of other places have gotten hit. I've got some friends who just moved from Las Vegas to Texas and they're posted pictures. And they're like, you know, we weren't expecting this when we moved to Texas, but okay, I guess we'll roll with it. And for those of you who do not know, um, a large chunk of Texas right now is without power. And there's uh, there's a, a whole issue with their power grid in Texas today. And part of that is because a lot of it is actually dependent upon, you know, renewable slash green energy. Because uh, here's the here's the uh, the newsflash. Oil's renewable. So is natural gas. Just throwing that out there. Anyway. So the polar vortex is proving why green energy is a disaster for America. Wind turbines drain energy from the grid. That is in the Federalist Papers. Now, for those of you who are new to the show, you probably haven't heard me talk about all this stuff over the past several years. This is the thing you have to look at um, at the so-called green energy, right? You have to look at it as a supplement. It's not a replacement. Okay, maybe one day, maybe, we'll get to that point. Excuse me. Right now, it is just a supplement. It is a backup plan. That's all it is. The capacity to replace fossil fuels or nuclear or hydro, which you could argue is green, um, it, it just isn't there. Now, many years ago, Australia, one of the regions in Australia, uh, they converted over to 100% renewables, and they had rolling blackouts for an extended period of time. I don't know what's happening over there now, but um, and then of course, you know, the, the blame game started, and people are like, wait a minute, hold on a second, we're paying more for power because you said it was better, and now it's not working. So we're paying for something, we're paying a premium price for it, and it doesn't work a good chunk of the time during the seasonal months where you really need it to work in you know, the height of summer and that sort of thing in Australia. And this, is, this has been something that's, again, been an issue perpetually. I'm just going to give you a couple of examples historically here. Uh, if you go to Ivanpah. So Ivanpah is a big solar facility between California and Nevada. Uh, it's out in the middle of the, of the Mojave Desert, right? The perfect place, the best place in the United States of America to have a solar facility. 
and Ivanpah does not generate enough electricity to power even a significant portion of the homes or buildings on the grid. It just doesn't. And it takes up acres and acres and acres and acres. It has literal, this is not an exaggeration, it has literal death rays. So when the sun hits it, anybody's had a magnifying glass when they were a kid and burned ants, this is the basic premise, only it shoots into the sky. Well, what flies in the sky? Birds. They're called streamers. You know why they're called streamers? Because the birds who get laser beamed to death flying over the Ivanpah solar facility literally are smoking like the world war one planes you know they're smoking and they're just you know twirling down as they fall to the ground they've got this trail of smoke behind them they're those are streamers so it's not only does it not generate enough power to actually make a significant dent on the power grid but it's also killing wildlife now some people you know they don't know a lot about this and and i get it It, you have to understand when you're talking about a a solar power facility or a wind farm or something that's different than you just getting solar panels for your house it's a different concept everything is completely different and you have to understand that right i am pro getting solar panels on your house if you can do it uh, as a backup, you know, it, rather than having a generator, maybe you have solar, you've got the battery storage and all of that. Heck yeah, go for it. Please do. I think that's a great idea if it's financially feasible for you. But don't think it's something that it's not. And in very few places are you going to be able to actually get a refund from the power grid because you're contributing power. Those are, are fantasy stories that just almost never happen. In fact, in a lot of places, uh, California was one of these places too where they, they built homes that were not even hooked up to the grid because they were 100% solar, and California did away with it. They passed a law and said, nope, you can't do that. You have to hook up to the grid, and then you have to pay us a minimum fee every single month just for the hookup, whether you draw power from the grid or not. Oh, and we're not going to give you any credits if you contribute power to the grid. So if you're a net power producer, not user, with your solar with your solar house, um, there are various places around the country where you don't get any actual financial benefit from that. None, none whatsoever. You actually lose, right? So now you're paying for the solar and you're paying for the power company hookup that you're not even using, right? But again, that doesn't mean that it's not a great idea as a backup or a supplement to the system. May not save you any money. Maybe one day it will, right? I'm not even going to go into the cobalt mines. I'm not going to go into the disposal of the solar panels or the batteries or any of that. I'm not even getting into any of that stuff today. I'm just talking about the basic practical uses of it. Now, in Ivanpah, the way that they get the solar plant to contribute enough energy to the power grid to even keep the stupid thing open, they're talking about shutting Ivanpah down now, is it's powered by diesel generators. I know, right? Yeah, some of you greenies out there, you're like, what are you talking about? Your solar plants in the United States are powered by diesel generators. The diesel has to make up the lack of power generation from the the solar panels. And it's this way in the Solar facility, which is the large, I think Solar is the largest in the country, and then Ivanpah is number two. It is that way in the Mojave Desert, in Nevada and California, and it's that way in Arizona. They have diesel generators that artificially create power okay so yep just like you have a diesel generator out outside running running power it's the same thing guys same exact thing 
That's not very environmental, right? According to uh, the greenies out there, air quote. Yeah. According to the greenies, it's not very environmental. But that's how they do it. Solara, the uh, solar facility in Arizona, okay, that facility is a massive polluter and has been fined millions of dollars several times for polluting the planet. But it's a solar facility. How is it polluting the planet? Exactly. Because it's not as green as people want you to think it is. Then we've talked about the wind turbines. Wind turbines, first of all, um, anybody who has spent any time learning about wind turbines and wind farms understands that uh, green is not necessarily the way that you would describe one of these things. Aside from the fact that they chop birds up, aside from that fact, okay, uh, thousands of birds a year um, get chopped up with it. I wouldn't be surprised if, if we actually had some enterprising young uh, scientists out there who really wanted to make a name for themselves. They could probably do some research on this and find out that the wind turbines in the United States have been more damaging to the bald eagle population than uh, chloridane ever was. I, I would be willing to bet money on that, right? So anyway, the reason that this is, is critical is, is obviously there's a lot of fossil fuels that go into wind turbines. Sometimes they use diesel generators to turn those turbines artificially, okay? Back in the diesel. Uh, Dirty Jobs did a wind turbine special. Watch it, okay? Go watch it. Just I'm sure that you could find this somewhere on YouTube or something. Just do it. Dirty Jobs wind turbine just do the search just watch the episode and watch how the people who work on the wind turbines laugh about the wind turbines being green energy because they're not they're not green energy at all there's a ton of oil there's a ton of fossil fuels there's diesel generators that artificially spin those bad boys when there's no wind so you can generate energy so you green energy is really powered by diesel that's the unspoken truth from a lot of green energy in the United States. Hydroelectric, eh, whole other ballgame. Yes, there's still a non-green element there, but hydroelectric is probably the uh, the most successful of the so-called green energy options out there. Uh, nuclear is certainly the most efficient and the best, but people are scared to death of it for various reasons. But, you know, in Texas, they've got a lot of these wind turbines. They got a lot of land in Texas. There's a lot of wind in Texas. And so turbines made the best sense. Whereas in Nevada and California and Arizona, solar makes the most sense because you've got obviously sun all the time. It's always hot. Well, in Texas is wind turbines. And now a bunch of people don't have power. In the name of environmentalism, many of the left have proposed switching the nation's energy from reliable fossil fuels to new green energy sources that rely on the good fortunes of clear skies and proper wind velocity to power America. As if that weren't enough cause to hesitate to indulge in such wishful thinking, another vulnerability has become painfully apparent as a third of the contiguous United States has plunged into sub-zero temperatures Monday due to the polar vortex weather pattern, according to CNN. Not only have freezing temperatures created an excessive draw on the power grid as residents struggle to keep warm, but generating electricity has also become a major issue for areas that rely on sources such as solar and wind power. In Texas, freezing temperatures and winter precipitation have caused some of the state's wind turbines to seize up. It has cost 12,000 megawatts in power on an already taxed state grid, according to the Austin American Statesman. 
In addition, the Dallas Morning News is reporting that 2 million Texans did not have power Monday due to the stress on the state's power supply and the necessary implementation of rolling blackouts. It is a supplement. It is not a replacement. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Don't forget, we are live streaming dlive.tv slash Casey the host. Make sure you hit that follow button when you head over there. And uh, if you download their app, they'll get you notifications and things like that when uh, I go live as well. I've got a new video system implemented, and it has made me very productive in creating video clips of the show so if you want to you know go to my rumble or my odyssey at casey the host uh, you can go ahead and get the recorded uploaded videos which are you know basically segments of the uh the radio show republicans are demanding an explanation from pelosi after she extended the national guard deployment in dc all right so you know we're we're back remember we told you um i don't know what two weeks ago ballpark that they probably weren't going to stop this even after impeachment again the the theory was that the national guard was going to stay in washington dc through the impeachment sham but once the impeachment sham was done people were saying well there's no reason to keep the the national guard there and i said i don't be so sure i know a couple of you hinted at that as well i will i would expect that there's going to be some kind of offense that uh, permanent walled barrier that is going to go up there um and i i would assume that they're going to want some kind of a troop presence on a semi-regular ongoing basis so now pelosi who has blamed everybody but herself for what happened at the capitol keep in mind there were indications before january 6th that something like this might actually happen and pelosi denied a bunch of of uh, extra security measures and things of that nature let's let's never forget that part too and we have absolutely no reason there's no threat there's there's not there hasn't ever been a threat by the way uh, after what happened on the 6th there has never been a credible threat that the government has identified but they kept it there just in case right just well you know we're just going to keep the national guard here through impeachment just in case somebody decides to get a hair up their butt and try something all right well impeachment's over so why are you extending the deployment of national guard troops to mid-march why are you doing that pelosi what's the what is the reasoning behind all of this now i know many of you especially those of you from other countries you're seeing very familiar patterns here and i understand your um anxiety over it about 25,000 troops were sent to D.C. for the inauguration of usurper Joe Biden. That number has been scheduled to drop to about 5,000 by mid-March. Now, according to WTTG-TV, Wittig, federal officials are now developing a plan to keep the 5,000 troops in Washington for a deployment that could last, oh, through the fall. Oh, I misread that. Through the fall. They want 5,000 troops there through the fall. What might they be planning that they think that they need military security at the Capitol through the fall of this year? Uh, Republican Representative Lisa McCain of Michigan and other House Republicans would like to know why. Hmm, that that seems like a a reasonable question. 
you know, of course, we have people who call here every Friday for open lines like, hey, um, when is Holcomb going to bring, you know, Indiana National Guard troops home? I think it's a great question. Uh, myself and several of my colleagues have asked Nancy Pelosi for a briefing as to why do we need these troops here? And we have zero information. Zero. That's what McLean said on Monday on Fox and Friends. It's amazing to me that Pelosi can do this without any disclosure, without any information, and just continue to spend money with no briefing. Um, it has cost hundreds of millions of dollars, by the way, to keep the troops there, just in case you didn't know. I saw the, uh, over the weekend, there was an article on the expense of having the troops in the, the capitals. It cost the taxpayer a ton of money. So now they want 5,000 National Guard troops to stay at the capitol on duty through fall. And Pelosi's not telling anybody why. Right. Have you read 1984 any anytime recently? You probably should. And buy a 3D printer. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Uh, so I was just telling you here a couple of minutes ago that the the cost of having the National Guard at the Capitol cost um, hundreds of millions of dollars. It's $483 million, to, to be precise. Now, that is through March 15th. And that is, so $483 million is the, the cost through March 15th. That's $284 million for personnel, $199 million for operations. And now Pelosi wants to extend 5,000 troops to stay there uh, through the fall. So, you know, we, we spent roughly $500 million on National Guard troops being at the Capitol when there has been no credible threat. So, again politicians in in the house of representatives are asking hey um why one why are they still here two why are you extending their deployment nancy pelosi what is the what is the the premise behind that and she hasn't answered that question yet which is a bit problematic if you ask me uh, we also caught china doing something nefarious again i know you're all surprised you're all shocked by this. Uh, China used a secret microchip and spied on U.S. computers. Now, back in uh, 2010, the U.S. Department of Defense found thousands of computer servers sending military network data back to China. In 2014, the Intel Corporation discovered that a Chinese hacking group had breached its network through a single server and downloaded malware from a supplier's update site. In 2015, the FBI warned multiple companies that Chinese operatives had concealed an extra chip loaded with backdoor code in one of the manufacturer's servers. Uh, remember the L Lenovo uh, laptop situation too? All the Lenovo L Lenovo computers, you know, they all had the, the spyware installed on them. Um, so each of these distinct attacks had two things in common, China and Super Micro Computer Inc., a computer hardware maker in San Jose, People's Republic of California. Hmm, interesting. Uh, they share one other trait. U.S. spy masters discovered the manipulations, but kept them largely secret as they tried to counter each one and learn more about China's capabilities. So uh, what the article at Newsmax is basically saying is, look, uh, China was using this company, Super Microcomputer Inc., 
which is a hardware maker again in California, uh, to go ahead and, and breach and spy on people and companies and that sort of thing. Um, so the U.S., and this is common practice, by the way, the U.S. decided to allow the operations once discovered to continue so they could learn more about China's capability and their operations. Uh, China's exploitation of products made by Supermicro, as the U.S. company is known, has been under federal scrutiny for much of the past decade, according to 14 former law enforcement and intelligence officials, which included an FBI counterintelligence investigation that began in 2012 when agents started monitoring the communications of a small group of Supermicro workers uh, using warrants obtained under the FISA Act. I wonder if those warrants were legitimate, though. I mean, we have to ask now. Every time we have to ask, right? Because we now know that the FBI will lie on FISA warrants. Um, I don't have any reason to doubt what they're saying here on this particular case, but you always have to always have that in the back of your mind that, you know, okay, was the FBI's FISA request legitimate or was it another doctored request? Um, let's see. Supermicro saga demonstrates a widespread risk in global supply chains, according to Jay Tab, former senior FBI official who agreed to speak generally about China's interference with company products. Um, so what he said is Supermicro is the perfect illustration of how susceptible American companies are to potential nefarious tampering of any products they choose to have manufactured in China. And again, this kind of goes back to the Lenovo, 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 whatever thing. Um, you know, a bunch of people got it. You know, I had a lap, a laptop from that company. Uh, other people had it, and you know, people didn't know, but Chinese were spying on everybody. You know, company the the parent company wasn't evil or anything like that. They just they did what everybody else did. They had their products manufactured in China, and China said, "Hey." Um, They've got government contracts. Let's throw a bunch of chips in there and we'll just siphon off a bunch of data. Nobody will ever know, right? Nobody will ever know. They did this to Apple, right? They did this to other phone companies in the past. So, I mean, everybody is, a lot of that hasn't been microchips, but it hasn't been hardware-based, but it's been software-based. And unfortunately, you know, we haven't caught all of the examples of this because China is one of the places that we get most of our technology manufactured just reality uh, they're working on moving a lot of that stuff to india now apple several years ago they tried to move to india india um again cheap labor market technologically proficient that sort of thing the problem is india didn't have the know-how or the infrastructure to do what apple needed them to do and so india had basically said yeah we can do this and they tried and then they had to finally admit that they couldn't however that taught India a valuable lesson. And it also taught American companies who did not want to rely on China for these manufacturing apparatuses anymore. It also taught them that they were gonna have to pass on some of this knowledge to India and actually train India up, if you will. And it has worked tremendously well. So what has happened now is as India ramps up its capacity to do these things in large batches, they've gotten very good at it in fact there's several cell phones now prominent cell phones that are getting really good reviews that are coming out of india manufacturing facilities so we're starting to see india coming along as that happens um, as vietnam moves away from china and moves a little bit more towards independence away from communism uh, as they do that 
we're going to start seeing more options kind of pop up where hopefully stuff like this isn't as big of a risk in the future but right now obviously this is a major problem and i don't know exactly the best way to counter it to be honest with you i'm not really sure i've told you the story before um, there is a famous tractor company that had their product made in china and what would happen is you know they they paid china they they did the manufacturing facility products roll off the line they're the right color and everything else and then at the end of the day the factory shuts down for an hour or two and then reopens and those same exact tractors are now coming out of the production line but they're now a completely different color but it's the same product different color different brand name on the side and this american company tried to sue and uh tried to you know make the case that hey hold it they're stealing our our property here and you know china's position was including their their government's position their position was um, they're fulfilling the contract to make your stuff uh, the way that you want and and the products that are being made here they're not being sold in the united states so there is no there is no intellectual property theft so sorry but they just stole the entire design they stole the tooling they stole the design they stole the engineering everything they just stole it they just painted the the product a different color and a lot of places who have their electronics and their technology made in china which is where most of our stuff is coming from china just slips in an extra piece of software uh slips in an extra microchip something like that to spy on people and nobody is the wiser so this is going to continue to be an issue going forward it's a good thing though that we have such a pro-china president now uh, because then maybe perhaps he could politely ask his friends in in beijing to you know maybe stop doing this i wonder what the likelihood is that that's going to happen more coming up 95.3 mnc okay i know what you guys are talking about now i was actually gonna mention this at some point today all right so for everybody on on the radio so on the live stream uh somebody was asking me a question i couldn't quite make out what they were saying but now i i realize they're talking about kamala harris they're using <laughs> nicknames for her. um yeah so kamala harris is taking diplomatic calls and of course she is the uh the the usurper vp and not the you know she's the little p not the big p and kamala's taking these diplomatic calls so she, yeah she's talking to various uh world leaders on these diplomatic calls and so I, I posted something about this on gab and you've got kamala harris taking calls with world leaders that biden should be taking but biden's going to bed apparently like seven o'clock that's the latest rumor that we have is that he's he's going nighty night at seven o'clock and that kamala is the one that's taking the phone calls and actually having these these international discussions with world leaders about various events uh biden still hasn't called israel israel is now saying that they may ignore him when he goes to the middle east here hold on a sec where's that story i've got that one up here uh israel suggested may ignore biden on iran after biden ignores netanyahu uh so okay not not a trip to the middle east but uh just in general israel may ignore joe biden in dealing with iran if he pushes toward reviving the nuclear deal according to the ambassador to the u.s uh biden campaigned on restoring the iran deal even though it allowed the regime to pursue nuclear weapons after roughly a decade and did not include provisions preventing iran's development of nuclear capable ballistic missiles or its support for terrorist proxies in the region 
and around the world. And of course, he's not called Israel. He's the first president in 40 years to not call Israel, which again, I, I pointed out yesterday, it, it makes zero sense on a multitude of levels. But one of which, obviously, you've got the Abraham Accords and Middle East peace, and, and that's our biggest ally in the region. You always reach out to Israel. But the other thing is that Israel's probably going to be the first fully vaccinated nation in the entire world. And they're using the Pfizer vaccine to do it. And they're pretty darn close. And they've had tremendous success through the vaccination process with a reduction in COVID cases. So if nothing else, as you're you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with your vaccination process, you should at least call Israel and ask them what they did, how they're doing it, get some tips and, and everything else, and maybe uh, work with them on it. And Biden hasn't called them. So yeah, Kamala's taken these international diplomatic calls. She's not supposed to, but she is taking these international uh, diplomatic calls that Biden is supposed to be taking. And the rumor is because Biden's going to bed at 7 p.m. That Biden's just, you know, he's, he's zonked out, he's asleep and, you know, dreaming about smelling your daughter's hair and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, not at all concerning. Hashtag told you. More coming up next.